It's time to mind your business with Jamila Lodge and Shelly Thunder, brought to you by BEDC. Bermuda business starts here. It sure does each and every Thursday at this time. Jamila and I get to hang out. That's right. For at least half an hour. Yes. <laughs> the best half an hour of the day. Oh, for the week, I think. <laughs> hey, there you go. Yeah, Let's put it. us at the top of that list. <laughs> yep, it's four o'clock on a Thursday, folks. You're tuned to Ocean 80 to- Ocean 89. It is time to mind your business. So we'd like to welcome to the show today our Jade Eve. He is the founder of 441 Coding. Welcome to the show, Jade. Hey, how's everyone doing? Glad to be here. We're good. So we like to get the show started with you telling us and the listeners a little bit about yourself. So tell us tell us about yourself. Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, as you mentioned, I'm the founder of Code for One. Um, I would describe myself as a young man that's curious about the world. Um, I went to Port Royal and then later went to Work Academy um, and eventually studied finance at NYU. I worked in finance for a little bit, and most recently, over the last six years, I've been involved in the tech industry. Um, I'm a software engineer by day, and I started Code 441 to promote software engineering and technology in Bermuda as well. Um, But generally speaking, I'm just a young man that's curious about the world and, and likes to solve problems. Okay. Well, you're you're hopefully solving a problem that we've identified, um, and we'll talk a little bit about that later. But you mentioned that you started it to get young people involved in coding and technology. Now, how did you even get into it in that you started out with, like, finance and all of that? How did you make your way into technology? Yeah, so technology, or I would say more so software engineering, was a very foreign concept for me. Uh, growing up, I didn't know any software engineers, didn't really know anyone that worked in technology. Um, so it was definitely a field um, or study that I had no idea about. I, I thought that most computer scientists were astrophysicists. Mm-hmm. And it was almost <laughs> impossible, you know, to, to learn to become one. Which is ironic because I'm definitely a child of the Internet. Uh, I remember, you know, the transition from the modem to actually getting a broadband. Wow. And being on online, um, being on chat services. Uh, being on Amazon Messenger. So I was very much into the internet. I just didn't view myself as a creator or producer of it. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I went to school and university that I started to kind of shed the light on what being a software engineer is or even what technology is. Um, at school, I started to meet other software engineers and product managers and designers. And they were like me, you know, just interested in, in different things, interested in the technology. Um, they learned how to code or learned how to design, and then they were able to, to build things. Um, so once I once I met people that had done it before, it gave me the foresight to say, hey, this isn't actually as scary as I once thought it was, and mm-hmm. it's something that I could probably do myself. It's math um, and so. science, right? It's math and science at the end of the day, yeah? They come together in technology. Exactly. And um, I guess you're a bit of a math head. If you got into finance, <laughs> you kind of got to be. And that's mm-hmm. an asset, you know, as to how, you know, you can, you know, come up with things or put things together in your head. So, for hey. sure. Yep. So, so math and science is definitely a good base for it. Mm-hmm. In, in that that was how you were introduced to it, meeting other people who were in the industry. Uh, is that why you started Code 441? So that younger people would have that model or that role model that maybe you didn't have initially. Because if, if you were exposed to it earlier, perhaps you could have gone straight into it as opposed to pursuing something different and then stumbling upon it once Mm. you were in university. 
that's 100% correct, yeah. I would say the impetus for me starting Code 441 was once I started learning how to code and realized it wasn't as difficult or scary as I imagined, I thought to myself, well, I would have loved this when I was in middle school or high school mm-hmm. um, and actually got introduced to it earlier. So I knew, okay, I could study computer science uh, when I went to college. Um, so yeah, definitely wanted to start Code 441 to give young students a, you know, I wouldn't say a role model. I, I wouldn't consider myself a role model, but... Uh, well, person. I do. So you just have to accept <laughs> it. Deal with it, mate. Deal with it. Deal with it. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you're right. I, I think if young people see someone else uh, doing mm. something and they look like like them and they come from the same environment that they do, uh, that it's easier for them to say, oh, well, we'll, we'll jot A can Let's try this. Too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I can do it too. Because like uh, it's often said, smart people are everywhere, but opportunity isn't always everywhere. So you're trying to create the pathway yeah. to these opportunities. And if you don't know about A and B, you can't come to a conclusion about and come up with C. So, you know, you're just, um, you're, you're a facilitator, yeah. young man. That's what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah. So when, when with, with Code 441, what exactly do you provide the young people? It, what types of things, events do you do or host? So we have an annual hackathon, usually around Christmas time. Unfortunately, last year, we weren't able to do one because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've done uh, six hackathons in the last uh, six years. And the primary goal of the hackathon is split into two parts. So in the morning, we have a session for uh, beginners to learn the fundamentals of computer programming. Um, So they come in in the morning, and they all have a laptop or or tablet. And then we start learning the fundamentals of computer science. Um, And that's uh, how to write functions, what variables are, um, how to build applications, that sort of thing. And we usually have two tracks. We have a track for beginners. Those are students that have never seen coding or don't have as much of a background in technology. And then we have a more advanced track where some of the students, you know, have been coding for a little while. They are able to build applications themselves. Um, They might be interested in AI machine learning. So we have a, you know, a little bit more of a advanced course for that. So that's the morning session. It's, it's, you know, hands-on learning. Um, We're teaching computer science or furthering your skills in, in machine learning or or other technical technical pursuits. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the afternoon, we have a, um, I would say, a Shark Tank style pitch session. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know I like a little pitch now. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the cool thing about the hackathon is it, it draws students from all across the island. So we have private school, public school, you know, all ends of the island. Mm-hmm. And the, the one thing I've noticed is, you know, some of these I wouldn't call them kids, some of these students haven't interacted with, with one another before. So we randomly assign them into groups of about four or five um, after lunch, which is a, about one o'clock, and we give them a prompt. Um, so each year we, we have a theme around a problem in Bermuda or maybe a problem in the world, and we keep it open-ended, um, but allow the students to, to solve one of the problems that they're interested in. Okay. Um, so in 2019, um, one of the the things that we were looking at was was climate change and global warming. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that was the, the prompt. It was pretty open-ended. And, you know, students could decide, oh, I, I want to work on trash pickup or I want to work on um, marine marine life and keeping the waters clean. Mm-hmm. Um, and kept it open-ended so that they could, you know, apply their problem-solving techniques into what interests them. But once they're split up into groups, we have advisors that, um, you know, work with, with the groups. But it's pretty much student-led. They come up with the problem that they want to solve as well as the solution, and then they have to do a pitch at the end. 
um, and we have a pitch competition mm-hmm. where they um, describe the problem, describe the solution, and try to win a prize. There's always a prize to keep them engaged. Little right. incentive. We yes. have to have that. Yeah, we love that. Look, adults yeah. need that too now, don't they? do. <laughs> but I think the really important thing that he just said in, in all of that, and, and you're very articulate, Jade. I just want to give you that. Um, you're able to, you know, impart knowledge to us here, to mm-hmm. Mila and I and everyone who's listening in a very succinct way. So I'm going to give you that. But the one thing that struck home to me um, was that, you know, you're creating, again, this opportunity for some who in some walks of life from that come together might not have had that opportunity. But also, as as we know, you know, with the politics of the day around the world, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> lots of people complain about problems. And here in Bermuda, oh boy, we, we like wine. We don't even serve it with cheese. <laughs> we like a lot of wine here in Bermuda. Wine, 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 wine. But coming up with the solution. Right. Hello, with these young people, they're not going to be that group of, well, this is wrong and that's wrong and they don't do this right and that's not right mm-hmm. because you're teaching a mindset of and, and, and giving them, you know, letting them know they have the ability to apply what they know. So I think it's awesome, Jade, that you've done this six years in a row. And hopefully is the plan to do the annual hackathon again this year because you missed last year? Yes, we're, we're hoping. I'm, I'm hoping that COVID is maintained and we can have it again in, in December this year. For okay. Sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you have graduates, right? Because you've had six of them. Where are they and what are they doing? Have they continued their interest like you have in this sort of software engineering and all of that? Can we find them in other places in Bermuda doing other things as it relates to technology? Do you keep in in touch with them? Yes, definitely. Um, so that's that. I would say that's probably made me the most proud um, from Kofa Fulan. Um I I look at it as a as a success if they're introduced to programming and like it enough where they go off and choose to study it in in, in university. Mm-hmm. And we've had ten students from the program to then go off and, and study it in, in university level. That's which awesome. Which is awesome. Yeah. Um I'm I'm of the opinion that students should pursue what they're interested in. Mm-hmm. So even though I'm giving them an intro into computer science, I don't expect, you know, all seventy five students that come to our hackathon to then go out and study it at university. Right. But for the few that do, it's been really awesome to see how far they come and, you know, what their future is starting to look like. And one of the students that that, um, came through the program is this young man named Cairo Morden. Um, I think he's one of the... Oh, Cairo! Yes. Yeah. I think he's one of the most brilliant brilliant, um, youngsters coming up, especially in the technology field. Yeah. And at one of the hackathons that I threw, um, I had a professor from FIT and a graduate student at Yale to come in and teach machine learning mm-hmm. and um, artificial intelligence. And he was in the advanced class. And from that meeting, he was able to go off to an internship at Yale where he was working on their machine learning and uh, artificial intelligence team. And then from that, he went on to study computer science at M- MIT. Yep, that's uh, so awesome. Super, super proud of him. I think he's doing an internship at Google this summer. Um, but yeah, there's a there's a few others who you know went through the program and then decided to study computer science at university level, um, and I couldn't be happier to see you know a spark of inspiration can drive them to, to the things that they want to see. And this guy says he's not a role you model. Go, Come buddy, on, you go. That, that was a lovely <laughs> example, and and it I think it's encouraging, right? Because like you said, if it weren't for your experience, then you wouldn't have started this. So how many other Kairos are there that we just need to give them an opportunity and expose them to 
to this, right? If they if they hadn't considered it before. So kudos to you. That's one that you definitely want to continue to celebrate. So, yeah, I mean, definitely. I have one of these questions is to why is it important to get young people involved? But I think you answered that very clearly um, about what what it what the future could hold once they are exposed to something like this that they actually enjoy. And the thing about it is, even though math and science is one of the things that's included, I also think it allows you to flex your creative muscles as well, right? Because you're actually creating something, you're solving a problem. And you know, with entrepreneurship being our primary focus, we're always, that's what we're, we're, we're championing, right? We need problem solvers. If there's a problem, somebody needs to fix it. And most likely it's going to be an entrepreneur. So you now, in addition to code 441, you now are also doing work and doing projects. We actually um, have contracted with you to do a project for us, which is to build a virtual market uh, by Bermuda.com and .bm. So in that regard, how has it been for you doing software engineer or coding or whatever? I don't know what the correct term is for it. You correct me. How has it been for you? Because now you're an entrepreneur, right? Yeah. um, So I, I think entrepreneurship and software engineering are similar in the sense that um, they're both very much problem-solving oriented, problem oriented. So if you're looking to build a website, you have a problem, okay, maybe I'm not able to sell stuff online, and that's the problem, and you can come up with a solution for it. In entrepreneurship, it's pretty much you know a similar thing where you, you're able to identify a problem, um, see what people are having that problem, and then try to pick up a solution around that. Mm-hmm. So... The entrepreneurship path that I've been on has been really, I would say, um, insightful for me as an extension of software engineering because now instead of technical problems, I'm de- you're dealing with human problems. That's right. Um, and those are probably some of the most complex but also fruitful and most interesting problems to solve. Uh, so my experience as a, as a software engineer, I think, helped with my transition over into entrepreneurship because I've always had this problem-solving mind, and that's usually at the forefront of what I look for in, you know, problems to solve. What is the best way that this can be achieved and um, with the most impact for the most people? Yeah. I mean, that's definitely why, you know, you and I were introduced definitely is because the problem we found was that smaller businesses or we call them micro entrepreneurs, those would be vendors that you see out on the street and you don't know where to find them afterwards, right? Um, and so how do we create an opportunity for them to sell their products online? So way back before Sargassos, before PTIX and all that, we were like, how can we do this? How can we do this? And so we're just now getting to the point where we can also provide an option for those smaller vendors in the buybermuda.com or buybermuda.bm virtual market. So what has it been like working with us? Only say good things. <laughs> um, it's, been, it's been it's been great working with, with you and your team. I I found that the problem itself is super super impactful for Bermudians, um, especially because you know it's it's been a while. Technology has been around you know for decades now, and we're now at a point I think on this island where we expect the best when it comes to, to mm-hmm. um, online services, mm-hmm. and we shouldn't have to rely on you know, Amazon, Etsy's of the world, we should be able to uh, offer solutions to small businesses and, and micro entrepreneurs and sellers on this island um, so that they can actually focus on their business itself instead of the more 
kind of challenging parts that maybe they shouldn't be worrying about, like, you know, setting not up yet. a, a not site. Yet. Yeah, yeah, not yet. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually. But as, as far as, but as, as, far as, as, as working with the team, uh, it's, it's been super collaborative and um, super engaging. Um, I think, you know, as an engineer and, and project manager, um, there are things, there's a certain way that I look at the world and your team and yourself has, you know, brought up different things that I might have missed and vice versa. So I, uh, I love that it's super collaborative and we're able to pinpoint problems early and then come up with effective solutions um, with, the, with the virtual market on, on blogbeater.com. Shelly is right. You're very eloquent. He's saying all this to say their brain thinks different. Because yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, I don't get it. So, yeah. <laughs> but no, I think that's part of the process, right? You're not... Mm. You have to think the way you do because sure. all I know is what the problem is, but mm-hmm. I have no clue how to provide the solution. Like mm-hmm. I can draw pictures and paint and <laughs> tell you like what I, I wanted to do, but it's that piece of how to actually get from what I want to reality and how it works and all of that. And that's where I think you came, you have come in. So I'm hopeful that we will be able to launch this virtual mar- virtual market very soon. Um, And for us, the problem was a lot of these smaller or micro entrepreneurs don't necessarily have the capacity at Mm -hmm. this time when they're just getting started to get a merchant account, Mm -hmm. right, with the bank and pay the fees that are associated with doing so, so that they're able to travel to act online. Mm -hmm. And so that's the problem. And so the solution we are hoping will be this virtual market that will allow them the ability to make their products and or services available um, anytime. Mm -hmm. So not just on Harbor Nights or not just at the um, botanical gardens. You know, you Mm -hmm. can you always have an opportunity to put your products out there. And so I want to say big up to the existing platforms like Sargasso Mm -hmm. and um, PTix also Mm -hmm. does it. Um, There were a couple of others that have you know, come out and, um, you know, for whatever reason they may, we had Admuda at we one did. point, they mm-hmm. may have iterated into something else, exactly. which is a natural part of, of entrepreneurship. So I'm asking you, Jade, from the standpoint of building this for us and being familiar with those other types of online platforms, is there a difference? Um, yeah, there, there's certainly a difference. I, I think one of the, the chief differences in the, the type of seller. So traditionally, you know, you might sign up for one of the other websites and need a physical product, whether that's you're selling candles or T-shirts. Mm-hmm. Um, the unique thing about com and, and this virtual market is we are opening it to, um, you know, sellers who might have services. Okay. So let's say you're a barber or let's say you wash clothes where you're not actually selling a physical product that changes hands, you're, you're providing a service, mm-hmm. um, you can also sign up to the website and uh, conduct your business uh, directly on, on the platform. Mm-hmm. Instead of having to WhatsApp someone back and forth or email them, you can sign up, have your services online, and then also collect payments. Uh, yeah, so that's the big it, one. Yeah. Because yeah. like you said, not having a merchant account, it is a lot to go through. I know someone who's going through it right now. And, and it's tedious process it's very tedious. to go through in there. And like you said, there are fees involved. So the ability to, um, to, to have money transact, how is that sort of problem overcome with um, by Bermuda? So what we are doing um, is we are taking on the, resp- we have a merchant account already. Sure. 
So, so, so we're going to use like guarantors. Yes. So we, we're going to take the money. Mm-hmm. And then as long as you have a bank account, sure. it doesn't have to be the merchant. We can put the money you into the your transferring. account. So we're gotcha. going to be that middleman between mm-hmm. you and the customer. They can put the money into our account mm-hmm. and then we'll then pay you mm-hmm. um, at the end of it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... It's not going to fix all the problems, right? And like, you know, like I said, the existing platforms that are out there are definitely solving problems for Mm -hmm. a lot of entrepreneurs are utilizing those services, which we continue to encourage them to do so. But certainly there is a market we feel that cannot yet afford to be on those other platforms. So we really do view this um, market as sort of a stepping stone if entry you level yes mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know what i mean your face because at the end of the day our goal would be to get people to a position where they can have their own shopping cart on their own website mm-hmm. um, which means they can afford to do that which sure. means that they're making the money that they need to be able to cover the costs associated with having the merchant account and having the shopping cart and having the website mm-hmm. so really as is all of the products, we're looking at businesses, um, at entrepreneurs, at the different life stages, mm-hmm. if you will, and seeing how we can provide a solution to whatever that problem is. I think we're thinking very entrepreneurial. You I are. Mean, yeah, we're on the same page as John Day here. You know what I mean? going to provide a solution. <laughs> we're trying. We're trying. So... One of the things that we discussed early on, Jade, because bringing it back to the code 441, is that as part of this project and as one one of the reasons why we um, selected you out of, you know, the the responses that we got was that you do have the relationship with these students, right? And so we um, were really excited about the fact that um, some of your students or graduates could potentially be working with you on this project. Can you talk a little bit about how that could come to fruition and how they can potentially support you as we look to launch the Buy Bermuda virtual market? Yeah, for sure. So um, on on the virtual market, we you know there are different tasks from actually engineering and coding the website to designing it um, to project management. Um, on the graduate side, I've been working with one of the graduates on the coding, so I'll give. I'll give him a few tasks to complete and he's able to, you know, program that and push the changes to the website. Um, I've also worked with a local designer on some of the color schemes and fonts that that we have on the website. But as far as any others that are looking to help out, um, we will definitely be uh, looking to have some more project management and engineering. So people, young people that are software engineers or product managers slash project managers or have an interest in it, um, definitely would feel free to reach out because we could definitely use some of that help moving forward on um, the engineering side, but also on kind of the project management side of what should we be building, uh, what should be the priority, and what should go next. Yeah, I mean, that's awesome to hear. And I would like to think that your hackathons are like feeders to what it is that you're trying to achieve because I think one of the things... Uh, When we create these opportunities for young people, it's the application that's required or necessary, right? Because you can expose them to it. But unless they have an opportunity to actually do it, make mistakes and, Mm -hmm. you know, fix them and and get corrected, it's, you know, it's you're hard pressed to get them to continue on. So and to retain. Yeah. Everything that they've, you know, trying to learn. Yeah. Telling someone to do and letting them do it are two different things. So I do think that there's definitely a correlation between the code 441 hackathon that you do annually and potentially identifying that talent, 
right? That you can use for your own um, business, you know? So you've created your own kind of feeder school, if, yeah. if you will. That is n- exactly. It's, it's not a, see, he has all the words. Mm-hmm. That's, you were right, Shelly. Yeah, he does. <laughs> mm-hmm. So with, with regard to um, the Buy Bermuda market and any other projects that you've worked on, we always talk about COVID and how it's impacted business. You already mentioned that you weren't able to host the hackathon last year because of COVID, which makes sense. But how else have you had to kind of adjust how you do business as a result of COVID? Yeah, so in in regards to the BobMuda.com project, um, two of my engineers actually caught COVID. Oh, gosh. And we're, mm. we're out about three weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that that sort of thing is, is a very real consequence of this pandemic that we're in is if you catch it, you're not able to work. And that draws, draws off the timeline for a project and has you know, second order and third order effect. Mm-hmm. So just this, the simple fact that people can catch this disease and not be able to work is definitely something that's impacted me. Um, I would also say communication is a little bit different. Um, so normally I actually live in, in Silicon Valley in California um, and a lot of my team is within the America region. So being in Bermuda, there's time zone differences, um, sometimes up a little bit later to communicate with my team. Um, so not a direct consequence of COVID, but COVID was what brought me back to Bermuda. So now I have to deal with, you know, different time zones and different communication patterns uh, between my team as well. Uh, yeah. But yeah, generally speaking, it's, I would say it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's, where it's very unpredictable. Um, where, you know, a, a country could go into lockdown mm-hmm. or um, people can't go to work for, for certain reasons. So it's an it's a unpredictable time to be an entrepreneur right now. Uh, but so far, I, I think I've managed fairly well. But, yeah, I think with COVID, it's, it's a lot of un, unpredictable in, in its nature. So it's hard to say what it's going to look like in a year. That's true. I mean... What they say, if you stay ready, you won't have to get ready. <laughs> so I think like we're all living that. That's our reality at Staying this ready. point. You have to stay ready. You don't know what um, is going to happen next tomorrow, right? Every time you think you're you, you're on the other you side, you can plan six months ahead. Well, maybe listen. not. <laughs> yeah, you can't. You just have to be be flexible. And the thing that I've I'm finding even it, is working with you because, like you said, you usually in Silicon Valley, so you would have been gone, right? So even mm-hmm. if you got the contract, being able to build this for us could have still taken place, even though you're not physically here in Bermuda. But I don't mind that you're here. Yeah, <laughs> it's great that you're, you're easier to call. Right, right. <laughs> um, we're in the same time zone, so yeah. it's, it's working for us. So um, thanks to COVID for that. Um, but one of the questions that I wanted to ask you specifically was, now that you are what I would consider an entrepreneur... Do you think that this is something that you always wanted to do? Have you always wanted to kind of run and operate your own business? Or was it your plan once you graduated to go get a job and work for someone? And how has it been? Have you ever had, you know, what's the difference between the experiences that you've had? Yeah, um, that's a very good question. So for me personally, I would say I, I always knew that I, I was eventually going to be an entrepreneur from a young age. Okay. Um, I would say even in, in middle school, high school, I knew at some point I wanted to run businesses. I didn't like, really want to work for other people. And part of that is internal. I, I think I, I'm a problem solver at heart and entrepreneurship for me is about problem solving. So mm-hmm. that was always interesting to me. 
Um, I saw it in my parents. My mom and dad are entrepreneurs. They they had projects and businesses. Um, and then I also value entrepreneurship because it's it's something that you own. It's, it's something that you can pass on to your children and your grandchildren. Mm-hmm. Whereas a, a job, you can make a lot of money, but it's not something as transferable uh, to your lineage down Creating the line. a legacy. Yeah. You yeah, go, boy. Exactly. <laughs> I, think, I think entrepreneurship is, is a very good way to, to create a legacy mm-hmm. um, that, that's your own and your family's own and uh, the communities as well. So entrepreneurship is, is definitely something that I've always kind of been interested in um, and uh, looking forward to, to even more in, in the future. Okay. Well, that's great. I mean, I, I love how um, you put that because at the end of the day, you know, when you speak to young people and you say, you know, entrepreneurship is like the thing it's in, right? Sure. Everybody can start a business, but it's hard work. It's real work. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You work really harder for yourself yeah. than you do for someone else. And I think that's a key point that we must help people to understand that it's not all the glitz and glam because we like to see the entrepreneurs and celebrate the entrepreneurs once they've arrived. But there's a process that has to take place Mm. to get you to where you need to be. And it's not always a straight shot. Well, in fact, it's never a straight, never straight, straight line, line, right? (laughs) There's, There's the ups, the downs and all the in-betweens and curves and all of that. But at the end of the day, like you said, Jade, that is yours. You've built it. Sure. Right. Mm-hmm. And and you get a chance to kind of chart your destiny as if you're willing to do the work, then you can reap the benefits. Sure. There's no um, ceiling, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, t- to the amount that you can achieve. And then, of course, you have that that legacy that you can leave on for your children, even if it's not. Maybe they don't want to be software engineers, but I think the principles, like you said, you grew up with your parents as entrepreneurs. So that is what helped you to know that you can do it. It's life skills at the Mm -hmm. end of the day. Yep. 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 Well, look, we are at the bottom of the hour, so I'm going to let you say the last words. So you said, but, and this is for those people who are considering entrepreneur, but entrepreneurship and may or may not have had that parental influence that you had. What would you say to them? Um, yeah, it's funny. I, I was going to say the, the but that I was going to say is entrepreneurship is very rewarding and, you know, it, it, you can be very successful. But, yeah, it's not to sugarcoat it. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a difficult thing to do. It's a mm-hmm. challenge. Um, but I think if you're up to take on that responsibility, it's something that you will be rewarded with tenfold, um, even even in in failure or sure. quote unquote failure, because I, I think failure is mainly just a learning lesson. Yep. Um, the more mistakes you make, the faster you get to success or getting it right. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's um, how computers learn, right? Yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of look at entrepreneurship the same way. It's, it's you're, you're, taking, you're taking hits uh, at bat and for a baseball reference until you're, you're able to, to strike it out the park. Mm-hmm. All right, now. Look at you like you've Great been analogy. doing this, right? Like all these years. He has a future career as a DJ. Yeah. Um, I really appreciate you for taking some time to be with me because you should be building our, you know. Yeah, he's got work to do. <laughs> he's got work to do. But <laughs> I do appreciate yeah, yeah, appreciate you taking some time to talk mm-hmm. with us and letting, uh, giving us a preview of what's to come. It's been great working with you. And mm-hmm. I will talk to you later. Enjoy your weekend. And he can let us Thank know you. about Hackathon yes, later keep on us this posted year. on that. Keep us posted. Mm-hmm. Keep yes, us posted on that. Okay. Thank you for having me. It's been great. Thanks, Jade. Take care. You're welcome, right, my friend. Cheers. Bye-bye.
What a great young man to chat with there, yeah. Jamila. I think we um, we minded a whole bunch of business we sure today. Did. We sure did. That's <laughs> awesome. Getting them into computer science is, is one of those things that they don't always think about career-wise here in Bermuda. So I think we just did a, a real service to a lot of young people out there that might say, hey, I'm going to walk down this path now. Yep, you know? I hope so. I hope so. Well, we're going to do it all over again next week. Same yes, time. Same, same place. place. Jamila, right. it'll be time to mind your business once again, because if you don't, who will? Thank you for listening to Mind Your Business with BEDC. Bermuda business starts here.